0: Okay, you're up at the top of the Manhattan Bridge. Yep. What does it sound like? What does
1: it feel like? Mostly there's a wind. Not much. All you can hear is traffic below. You'd hear maybe an airplane in the distance. You'll hear um, one of the boats, one of the ferry boats. But it's pretty quiet. There's no people. Being up there, it's, it's peaceful. It's, uh, you, you just have you, yourself, and me, myself, and I. That's a good way of putting it. I have, Me, myself, and I, and it's, just, it's so nice and quiet up there. And sometimes if you're up there with a few iron workers, you can you know, shoot the breeze and just enjoy yourself. It's a different view from the city instead of being on the ground. And you get to see the city differently than most people get to see it.
0: Dave Frieder has climbed 20 of New York City's bridges. Literally, he's climbed them. Walking along cables, gripping onto steel beams, standing on the tallest towers, bracing himself against the wind. People call him the Bridge Man. It's honestly dizzying to think about. And it's even more dizzying to look at the photos Dave has taken. Because Dave Frieder, he isn't just a climber. He's also a photographer. He's taken hundreds of photographs of these bridges, from every angle you can imagine, and from some angles you probably can't imagine. His photos capture something elemental about these bridges, in all of their angles and symmetry and stillness.
1: When you're up there, you're with the bridge, you're at one with the bridge.
0: I visited Dave at his home in New Jersey, not far from his favorite bridge of all, the George Washington Bridge which people call the GWB. In his house, he has relics from the bridges of New York City everywhere. He's got real lights that used to hang on the triborough, pieces of original rope from the GWB. He has an encyclopedic knowledge of these structures, almost like their history is a part of him. And I'd venture to say that Dave might know these bridges better than most of us know ourselves. I'm Rebecca Seidel. And this is Abridged, a podcast about the many roles that bridges play in our lives. As gateways to history, architectural icons, in-between spaces, and carriers of memories. I started doing this show because, if you couldn't tell already, I love bridges. A lot. Growing up in New York City, I always had to cross a bridge to go anywhere else. And as I got older, I started seeing these structures as almost living things, each with their own personality. They stand still, but they're full of movement. They make everything around them come alive. By design, bridges aren't really destinations. We cross them to get from one point to another. But here on a bridge, we're reconsidering that idea. Within the flow of traffic and trains and people We're going to go to these bridges, and we're gonna stop and listen. Episode one, The Bridgeman.
1: When I was, I think six, seven years old, my father bought me an erector set, and I had fun making all kinds of little toys with it, a little circular saw, and actually a, a little single leaf bascule bridge I think that's what got me started with building and putting things together. And I'm always looking down, never had a fear of heights. I remember when my grandfather took me to the Empire State Building, I poked my head through that railing, whatever you want to call it, the grating. I'm looking down, he's pulling me back. No, I want to look down. Look at that great view, how tiny the cars are. He was scared to death. I just never had a fear of heights. Never bothered me. I think it's so cool, yeah, but I do respect it. You have to respect the height.
0: I first met Dave at a birthday party for the Hellgate Bridge a few years ago, here in Queens. Well, Dave wouldn't call it a birthday party. He'd call it an anniversary party, maybe. Either way, there was a cake. In front of a crowd of several dozen people, Dave gave a presentation of his photos. Electrifying shots taken all the way from the top, looking down at the train tracks below. Dave's passion for photography runs deep though it's not where his career started.
1: I actually was an auto mechanic for many years and I couldn't stand the grease to grime, the fumes. So I got away from that and next best thing I liked was electronics. So I worked for a few electronic firms and in between all that, my interest in photography picked up because I kept on going on all these vacations and taking photographs and my father saw my interest in photography perked up and he showed me Ansel Adams Moonrise.
0: Moonrise, Hernandez, New Mexico. It's this striking black and white shot, taken in 1941 by landscape photographer Ansel Adams. It shows a ghostly full moon rising in a pitch black sky over a village in New Mexico. In the distance are snow-covered mountains. Dave fell in love with Ansel Adams' work and he threw himself into photography. He went out west to learn from the greats. And he studied under Ansel Adams' personal assistant, John Sexton. It was there that he met another great photographer, and someone whose advice meant a lot to him. His name was Morley Baer.
1: Morley said, Dave, you do really great work, but you need to focus on a subject, something that means very near and dear to you. So I'm thinking about what Morley said. I'm saying, what can I do that no one else has done? I'm looking around different photographs, galleries, and I looked at some of John Sexton's work, and he had climbed the top of the Golden Gate Bridge, and I said, wow, that is pretty neat. So I said to myself, wait a minute, where are there more bridges than anywhere in the world? Right across the river in New York City. That's an idea. Let me just see what happens. So to make a long story short, after all the begging, the pleading, the phone calls, the letters contacting All four bridge authorities, I had unprecedented access to climb and photograph every major bridge in New York.
0: Dave started climbing and photographing the bridges of New York City in 1993. Usually, he'd go up with ironworkers. These were contractors who were working on the bridges. And there was a lot to learn. For starters, how the hell do you even climb a bridge?
1: I did gymnastics for 20 years, which helped a lot. I never did balance beam. That's a woman's event. But I always had a thing for just having a good balance.
0: Balance is pretty important if you're going to walk the main cables of a suspension bridge. I'm talking about those huge cables that swoop down between the towers, giving structures like the Brooklyn Bridge their shape. If you look closely at photos of the Brooklyn Bridge, you'll see that right above those cables there is a parallel set of smaller ropes. Those are where your hands go.
1: And it's real easy. You just put one foot in front of the other. You have your safety harness. You have your lanyards hooked up to the hand rope. That's what those ropes are above the main cable. So once you come to a stanchion, a vertical post, unhook one side, hook it back on the other side. Then you unhook the other lanyard, and you hook it on the other one. This way you're always hooked up. You have to be always hooked up. Safety measure, very important. And just walking the cables. I mean, I walk Brooklyn, which is 15 and three-quarter.
0: That's 15 and three-quarter inches.
1: Which is easy. Then you walk GWB of Arizano. That's three feet. That's like walking on the ground. I mean, I could run up and down the cable. It wouldn't bother me. But not all of the
0: big bridges in New York City have suspension cables. The Queensboro Bridge, for instance, is held together with these steel structures called I-bars that stretch from one tower to the next. And those don't have any ropes to hang on to.
1: Those eye bars are only about an inch and a quarter, inch and a half wide. And you have to straddle them near the center of the span because there's nothing else there. All you have is just those two eye bars to walk on. And actually near the top of the tower, they're at 45 degrees. They can get pretty precarious. But I learned a lot from the ironworkers. They taught me how to grab an edge. You can grab an edge one way. If you don't grab it the right way, you're going to slide off. So the ironworkers, this one guy named Damien, This guy was super strong. He said, Dave, you want to grab a piece of steel, you grab it this way. You want to do this, you do this way. So my gymnastics was really a training for me to hang, climb, and crawl all over these bridges, to go everywhere where I wanted to go. And, you know, nothing restricted me.
0: Climbing the bridges was one thing. But Dave also had to carry his film equipment with him. And he needed a very specific kind of setup. Because as he was taking these photos, trying to keep them steady and sharp and focused, there was wind blowing all around him. And a bridge vibrating under his feet.
1: The bridges, the decks, are always moving. When I was on Manhattan Bridge once, on the outer cable, and trains go over the bridge. They used to have two trains on the lower roadway. The deck would shift, twist four to six feet like this. So I was on the cable. It was like an elevator ride. I saw the deck go up and down like this. Wow! And I'm there, and I'm hooked up, of course, and the trains are rumbling below me. and go, wow, this is great. And the whole thing is shaking like an earthquake. But I got some views looking through the truss work that you'd never see.
0: Looking at his photos, you feel like you're up there on the bridge with him. You see beams crisscrossing into the distance. Cables swooping down below you like you're at the top of a roller coaster. Towers stretching all the way down to the water and you see all kinds of details, things you might not have noticed before from the ground, like the crowns that are perched at the very top of the Queensborough Bridge. And in the background, always, the water, the city, the sky.
1: I mean, the views you get, people think, oh, you get crazy views up there. I get great views, but I'm more interested in the structure. To me, they're giant sculptures. I became so interested in them, I became part of them in a way. I mean I don't I so. uh, because I know them so well. I've climbed all over these like a spider, more than Spider-Man. You, know, you see Spider-Man climb all over the bridge. I climbed all over these structures. I've been everywhere on these bridges. And they become part of it. I have a little term I made up. It's called Feel the Steel. It's really it means that any artist, you have to understand your work. Um uh, someone who does portraiture, someone who does other architecture, who photographs people, you have to understand what you're photographing. The more you understand the subject, the better you'll photograph it. And since I understand the bridges, I know how they work. I know what the engineer did. I understand these bridges. It allows me to photograph them, in my opinion, and other people have told me, differently than everyone else. I know what's going on. I know what this bridge is doing. I know how it functions. So it allowed me to photograph them, I think, more, maybe differently, but more intensely, put it that way. That's a better word, more intensely.
0: Dave climbed the bridges again and again in the 90s. And he hit a routine. Or at least as much of a routine as you can hit when you're climbing hundreds of feet above the rivers of New York City.
1: I'd be at a bridge at 7, 8 in the morning to like 3 or 4 in the afternoon. So, But I'd be up there most of the day, most of the whole day. I'd bring with me some water, granola bars. Maybe once or twice I'd bring a plain turkey sandwich, no mayo because, you know, heat can destroy the mayonnaise.
0: He made friends with some of the iron workers.
1: The funniest thing once, one of the iron workers made a paper airplane, tossed it off at the top of the bridge, and it took about 15 minutes for it to hit the water because it was hitting air currents. So it went up, down, up, down. We're watching it, could barely see it, and finally we see it hit the Hudson River. And he said, Wow, that is cool. He built up
0: trust with city officials, and people started recognizing him. He became the bridge man.
1: So you are not holding on to anything with your hands. Exactly. Holding a camera mm-hmm. and snapping away. Mm-hmm. Ever uh, been scared? Uh, no, not from heights, but I've been attacked a few times by peregrine falcons on uh, the Throgs Neck Bridge. I really didn't have any problems as long as I did everything by the book. Everyone, Dave, come on. Have a good time.
0: Perched on top of these bridges that he'd gotten to know so well, Dave got photos of New York City that no one had really taken before. And then, the day came that changed everything.
1: 9-11. That hit me hard. I am still depressed about 9-11.
0: In the wake of the September 11th attacks, security got tighter all around the city. And Dave could still climb the bridges, but it was much harder to get the permissions he needed. And there was something else. The city he loved just wasn't the same anymore. He remembers doing one climb, not long after 9-11, where everything just looked different.
1: I did get a view looking south, and there was nothing there. So, I mean, it was kind of like vacant. I said, this guy's missing something, very important. You know, it's kind of somber. It really is. The New York that I knew was gone. It's not the same.
0: But Dave has memories of the New York that he knew and loved for so long. And he has them in print. He told me about one snapshot he has of that version of New York City, what it used to be. It's a photo he took from the top of the Manhattan Bridge, looking out at the lower Manhattan skyline.
1: People call it my moonrise. Remember going up that day, it was a cool, kind of cool day. It was a nice spring day. That was also, I think it was April 17th or 18th, and it was kind of hazy. There was no wind. And I'm up there for a few hours. Then I noticed the wind picked up to about maybe 10 miles an hour. And I saw the sky clearing. I said, oh, wow, maybe I'll get a nice sunny day. Sure enough, the sun came out. The sky became a blue-black. And that's like, oh, wow, so clear. No haze, no smog. Then I noticed from the north, clouds started billowing and building. And they started moving south. I said, oh, man, I better get up there.
0: On the very tops of the towers of the Manhattan Bridge... There are these huge ornamental spheres, big globes. They're not easy to climb. Dave had climbed up these spheres before, but this moment with the clouds, it had the potential for a perfect shot. So Dave started climbing.
1: And it's really cumbersome to climb up that sphere. You see that like ladder pattern. I had to use that. And don't forget, I'm upside down. My camera hanging behind me, climb up that sphere. Get up there, then hook up my safety harness around the steelwork, then stand up. So I'm just standing up there and I saw these clouds coming across. So I said, let me do the color first because I think I know what I want. The clouds started moving, rattle off 12 exposures, finished the color magazine, flipped it off, put the black and white magazine in, put the yellow filter in, firing away with the camera the clouds moved away, last frame, gone. I said, the moment's gone. And when those heavy clouds moved away, there was just some thin white clouds. I said, that moment's gone forever. And this says New York. I mean, you have the, both bridges, downtown Manhattan, the clouds, Twin Towers, the Woolworth Building. That was the best one
0: Dave's years of climbing the bridges of New York City, they're mostly over. But he still has all of his photographs of the bridges and the city, these moments and these structures suspended in time forever. He's compiled his photos into a book called The Magnificent Bridges of New York City. It came out in 2019. You can find out more about the book on his website, DaveFrieder.com, where you can also see his photos up close. I'll link to it in the show notes. I'm Rebecca Seidel, and remember, the next time you're crossing a bridge, try to look up and imagine what it might be like, all the way up there, to look down. Abridged is written, produced, sound design, and mixed by me, Rebecca Seidel. The executive producers are Ian Enright and Megan Nadolsky at Goat Rodeo. Music in this episode came from Blue Dot Sessions, with additional music from me. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review. Or just tell a friend or a fellow bridge lover. It would mean a lot. To learn more about Abridged, or maybe to share a bridge story of your own, visit abridged.xyz. Or you can find me on Twitter. I'm at BeccaHope24. Thanks so much for listening and stay tuned for more episodes soon.